welcome back. Episode 160, is it 164? I hope I have that right, of the SoCo Show. Welcome back, folks. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. I was going to try and do an Ashley Simpson song, but it, I, I couldn't think of anything that would make sense. So You couldn't um, think of a good one. I know that. Yeah. I just know you're uh, a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's round out our group of pieces of shit here. <laughs> Jared Buckendall. The bro host is in the house. Waka waka. <laughs> you know I don't know. I I I, just, I blanked. I was trying to Google some lyrics for a song to sing, and it just didn't load quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's funny is now when I hear the the JB intro like on the videos, I always expect to hear at Jared Buckendall on after right after, but it doesn't happen. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's just uh, that's just a Soko thing, I suppose. Yeah, I just I just heard it so many times now because Jared's been on for what like three six years? months. <laughs> <laughs> when the pandemic it's not start? even like an extended stay now. It's just like you just are in the show. Yeah, it's literally like by now it's like a quarter of all of our episodes. That's not that's not the proper math, but mm-hmm. it's a fucking lot. It, it's yeah. a big enough percentage where it's like mm, this isn't really an extended. Like you would be a like. You were elevated from recurring to full-time mm-hmm. cast member. Yep. That, it's like that. When that You're happens, like the janitor on Scrubs. The Scrubs was just was supposed to be recurring or be a, a, a temporary character, and then he became recurring. Hmm. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, you're, like yeah. Je- you're like Jesse Pinkman. We were going to kill you after season one, That's but you true. became too important. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I was, I was going to say I'm more like uh, you, me, and Dupree, where I'm just <laughs> staying on your couch, but I ordered us stars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! You mean to pre-reference? We're off to a hot start. Wow! Uh, who who says the Soko Show doesn't know movies? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, we're excited to be here, guys. Um, and I know I've said this before, but this time it's true. We will have a little <laughs> shorter episode. We'll have a little bit shorter episode this week because I've got to to rush off um, before we're going to be able to record a full two hours. So four hours later. Yeah, no shit. And that'll be the longest podcast we've ever had. Um, but a lot of fun stuff. And, and actually, last week, uh, we had the first iteration of this, uh, and we're going to try to keep it going. Seth, we have some, uh, some audience questions, uh, or at least one, that we better get to from Twitter. Yes, we do. While I get to it here, I had it pulled up, and now it's gone. Here it is. All right. This one is from um, fellow league number seven mate of Cody and ours uh, in our fantasy football league, uh, Tyler Bretto at tybretto 34 Give him a follow. His question... TB. His question is, why the hell did we name Grapefruit Grapefruit? Wasn't there already a grape that's a fruit? Can we come up with another name for them? Nobody is out here discovering new fruit, calling it watermelon fruit or apple fruit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, well, I, I have two responses to that. Um, one is to Google it, which I'm going to do. But the, the other is... Um, there is a hilarious Aziz Ansari bit about uh, 50 Cent not knowing what a grapefruit is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. And he's talking about, like, the the waiter is telling 50 Cent, like, sir, this is a grapefruit. And he's like, yeah, I know a grape is a fruit. Uh, you know, apple fruit, banana fruit, <laughs> yeah. carrot vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
and it's one of my favorite bits of his, and it's fucking great. Yeah. Um, but let's see if we can get so, down to actually why it's called that. There's three know. questions here. So it's why is it called a grapefruit? Um. What, uh, actually, I guess there's two questions here because the other one was, wasn't there already a grape that's a fruit? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, then, can we come up with another name? So the qu- two questions are, why is it called that, and what's another name for a grapefruit? What what I found uh, via Google, I'm sure, Cody, you might come up with something new. The reason people claim, again, there's no scientific reasoning behind this, but they're claiming that they grow, grapefruit grow in clusters that are similar mm-hmm. to grapes. Therefore, someone was very creative on the day that the fruit was named and called it grapefruit. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing that too. That's a stupid and lazy thing. Yeah. I, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, as a person who loves to come up with names for shit, uh, I, I don't like the lack of effort there. Yeah. Um, it, they you know what they kind of look like? Um, do you remember the cereal corn pops? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of look like those. those so I awful. would call them pops. That would be... You call them pops? That's dumb. Yeah. You guys, they look exactly like corn pops. Or <laughs> they're just called pops. I'm sure uh, grapefruits existed before... Grapefruits existed before corn pops, though. So, like... Well, sure. Well, he's not calling it a corn pop or a grape pop. It's just a pop. No, it's a dumb name. Yeah, it's just pop. I'd say... Because, like, grapes is such, like, a... It's, like, such just a, like, mishmash word. Someone just, like... I think they probably, like, coughed and... Great. Like, they just... It's not even a fucking word. I would just name it its own thing, like Spangle or something like that. (laughs) Spangle's a word already, though. Give me one of them (laughs) Spangles. It's so hard to come up with a name uh, or a word that Flerschken. isn't already a word. Flurschkin. Flurschkin? Yeah. Flurschkin, I guarantee you, is a German word. Yeah. Or Austrian or and something. It's probably um, a very bad word that we should not um, be saying right now. Yeah. Borbled. Um, Kyle, weigh in. Burbled. Yeah, we need Kyle to. A herbled? Burbled. Burble. Burbled. Burbled. Burbled sounds. Burbled? With burbled. Burbled sounds good. B U. I think a burbled would be fine. B U R L B. Burbled. <laughs> So, would you consider a grapefruit a melon? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think technically, because it's yeah, that's a vine. so dumb. I, I'm not sure how it works. Yeah, because oh, watermelon is just water and melon, and but there's other melons. Yeah, that's a dumb name too. Man, Brett, well, are you think, bringing up I good points? A, yeah, I this think is a grape stupid. Is more, I think a grape is more of a melon. I bet. But a grapefruit is more similar to like an apple. So that that's very obviously. a you know, whatever family the apple is in. But, like, vine fruits, grapes would belong to that. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's like our... And that's that's the whole American... Or the whole English Scoop. language is filled with these bullshit half rules that don't really exist. Um, Mambin. I don't know. He's right, though. It is it is frustrating. And anno- what, what was the last one you said? Mambin. A mambin? Mambin, mambin. Is, mambin sounds fine. Skin. I'm going to call it a squishy squashy. <laughs> Okay, so we got take your pick, TB. Uh, Squishy squashy, <laughs> mam mambins or pops. Uh, any of those Skirble. are available substitutes for grapefruit or gerble. Yeah, no, gerble. Another one, skirbled. Whatever it is, <laughs> get it right. What was so? Okay, so did we get at the whole question? So we know why it's named that. It's a uh-huh. stupid ass reason. Yeah. Oh, those look like grapes. Let's name it grapefruit. There's no other. <laughs> That's like if they saw uh, if they saw a peach and were like, "Oh, it's a round pear." Uh, let's That's call a it dumb round name pear. too. The, the, peach. 
The thing is, I they're like not peach. even the peach same. Yeah, they're not even the same size as grapes. I mean, I understand that they probably look like grapes, grapes when they grow, but like they're giant. If anything, they're more related to an orange. Mm. Oranges, yeah, they're very similar. To, yeah, actually, they're super similar to oranges. If super if the name was going to be based on looking like grapes. Then it should have been called, holy fuck, look at these huge grapes. <laughs> I mean, if like, anything, they that, should have just called it a pink orange. That makes more sense makes than sense. a fucking grapefruit. Yeah, because there are blood oranges. That's a Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, now pink, this, pink orange. Mm, I don't like this they at should all. What about gags? Giant ass grapes. Gags? Giant what ass about, grapes. What That's about, what this stands for. Since oranges are orange and called oranges, why don't we call grapefruits yellows? I mean, that makes just as much sense, right? No, it's dumb. Mm. But the thing is, well, in the inside, dumb, an orange is an orange. <laughs> like, an orange is all the orange. That's why they call it an orange. Oh, the in, the innards matter. Yeah, okay. I think. Hmm. I mean, right, again, we'll we're making stuff up on the spot. Them, can't call them purple and gold. So you could call them old wine huskies. That'd be a good name for them. Um, wow, only... Well, you, I was going to say only a small percentage of our listener base would understand that. But, I mean, most of them are from all wine, so... I was gonna say most of our listeners went to school with us, so um, I. This is you're getting at a good question, Tyler, and I wish we had better answers, but these are the these are the ones that we do have. The thing is, there if there was more qualities to the grapefruit, then you could name it something like if it if it was a fruit that really smelled, you could call it the Pinky Stinky. Oh no! <laughs> oh God! Oh, that's nasty. Oh wow! I mean, if. <laughs> I mean, great grapefruit. You were looking of, for that one. Yeah, for a while. I was. <laughs> um, grapefruits are also pretty boring. You know, like they're a pretty boring fruit. You call them like Chad or something like that. Ooh, mm. Chad's would be fine. Chad, Chad is a thing that like there's Chad's the name. The word Chad is used for a ton of shit. So it makes sense that it's just one more thing would be called the Chad. One more thing. Um, uh oh. Well, not that one. Now we got to. <laughs> change the name of that to purple gurples or whatever <laughs> 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 My God. well uh basically what we've done guys with this new segment is we've given you the listener a chance to completely fucking derail the entire show for a few minutes <laughs> and have I us talk it. about something ridiculous and uh this is a great example we had a great example last week with gina uh posing us the the uh jamie lynn spears question or, and then again this week we're talking about Gurp Fruits uh, with TB so uh, hit us with Tyler's Twitter handle again Seth so that folks can go over and give him a follow that'll be at TyBurretto34 TyBurretto34 uh, we'll link to him in the description box if I can remember to do it um, we'll link to him so you can go follow follow TB and um, uh, keep keep tweeting those questions at Seth Thanks. so it's at SoCoShowPod and sounds like we've got some uh, some still in the queue, but we'll need to be refreshing it if we're going to do this every week. So if you've got a, a burning question, doesn't matter what it's about, uh, shoot them over to, to Seth on the tweets. And Tyler, uh, if you're looking for um, the fresh and most up-to-date uh, entertainment and info, uh, Tyler's last tweet was from uh, May 12th, 2017. So um, nice. That's the, you're going to get some great entertainment from March of 2017. There you go. Super active profile. You're going to love what you're seeing over there. Um, I barely tweet, too, so my, my would probably look first. I mean, yeah. I've only retweeted for, like, three years. Yeah, <laughs> me, too. <laughs> and I've basically only retweeted Jared, too. So it's like, <laughs> if you're going to follow me, don't. Just just follow Jared instead, and you'll cut out the middleman. 
Oh, wow. Um, well, it, it's a lot of fun stuff uh, going on already, and we've got a lot of stuff yet to get to. We're going to talk about some big entertainment news um, in the movie realm. We've got a few TV shows and a few uh, reviews to, uh, to get into. And then also, uh, Jared has completed an assignment for the new version of We Missed the Boat, so we're going to get a chance to see that as well. Uh, but before we get into any of that stuff, you know, we got to start off with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. God, this one, uh, this one's something else. Um, <laughs> serving softballs? I beat the fuck out of you and your fucking softballs. <laughs> what? That's got to be about debate questions, I'd imagine, or something uh, like that. Oh, this is from five question. hours ago, so no. Oh, well, I don't know what the hell that is then. <laughs> serving softballs? I beat the fuck out of you and your fucking softballs. Can you imagine Iron Sheik's just pummeling someone and then going over to some softballs and pummeling the softballs? <laughs> he has been... The Sheik is on an absolute wow. fucking tear. Hold on, I got another one. Days. Yeah, got hit another. me with yours. And then I, I have one that we have we can't end the segment without getting okay. to. Um, but yeah, hit me with another one for, for that you've got. This one is, you fruit gusher motherfucker, no good son of a bitch. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of anger from the Sheik this week. Um, here's 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 one that he may have tweeted before, um, but uh, I really loved this, and it inspired me the other day. Uh, he said, don't go chasing waterfalls, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's tweeted that one before. Um, I got to get that one. Uh, I got to get that one on my wall. I'm going to try and frame it, get it put <laughs> up on the wall. Inspire me in the morning. I also got one more thing. It's uh, some some chic stats. Uh, it says re- re- research shows that if you go fuck yourself, you're likely to be a big time jabroni. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's one oh. way. I'm glad that we got the chic stats in there. Yeah. Finally got to use that sounder again. Um, <laughs> so we got chic stats and. Some great chic tweets. Again, guys, he is on a total roll right now. If you're the only people you follow are Jared and the chic like me, um, then you're you're on to some good tweets lately. So if you're missing out on the party, the underscore iron chic. We'll link to him in the description box as well. Get over there and give him a follow. And uh, we'll keep hitting you every week with chic tweets. I call you a punk. All righty then. Let's shout out some sponsors here. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! (laughs) There you go. Whoa, Captain Underpants Uh, in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Mathis Designs. Our friend Steph is a graphic designer for all your stationary graphic design needs. Or if you'd like to commission a piece, head over to mathisdesigns.com. Get that piece. Get that piece. Uh, Corn fed and wed. We know him as Mike's Wood. If you want to get your wood worked, head over to... I just fucked that whole thing up. (laughs) You you want to get your wood worked, head to Mathis Design. (laughs) Yep. Is that what I said? That's what you're getting ready to say. (laughs) I just have all... Anyway, Corn fed and wed. Uh, Mike's Wood is at etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed if you want to get your wood worked there. Oh, my... (laughs) <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, a couple of our newer sponsors. First of all, NPA. He's the artist that put together our brand new intro and outro music. So if you think that's funky, and you know you do, uh, head over and listen to other music that he's putting out. And I actually have a little bit of an inside track uh, with NPA. He's releasing a new song this weekend. Uh, potentially. So the uh, Spotify link is in the description box. Head over there, give them a follow for some great original music. And if you want to work with NPA and our very own Jared Buckendall, you can find Room 56 Studios, room56studios.com for any uh, animation, editing, audio, visual editing, anything that you need to make it look like you're good at podcasting or YouTubing. Uh, That's the place to find it. Room56studios.com. Yep, yep, yeah. If you're starting up in OnlyFans because the economy is down, we got you covered. <laughs> there you go. What? <laughs> Room 56 Studios. Uh, also, hey, uh, last but not least, oh, what do you got, Seth? I was going to say, Jared, you guys should consider, um, like, with your tagline, so whatever it is, and then at the end put, and we'll put anything in our, mouth, anything in our mouths. <laughs> okay, yeah, there I like go. that. That's what... Um, yeah. That's what uh, Kevin Smith's his like his company View Askew had that it was like we make films all the lot and we'll put anything on our mouths. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we get a lot good, of business uh, from yeah the uh, the adult film company I'm sure yeah or and you guys can do you can ed- start editing pornos that would be awesome. I mean, I do know how the, they flow usually. <laughs> Five minutes of this, you, do this, do that. Yeah, usually it flows with like a minute and a half of um, like really bad started. dialogue, and and like then... someone pulling grapefruits off of a tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Why then, do they call these grapefruits? <laughs> then usually you cut to the finish, like right. It's usually like intro, finish, and then you're done, right? Mm-hmm. 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 That's how the movies go. A lot of people wishing the Soko show would work that way, but I'm afraid yeah. not. I'm surprised that there hasn't been a tenant one where it's, it's all backwards. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> that would be intense. Oh, no. They're going to do it. The no, semen no. goes back. No. <laughs> oh, it would look like, oh, God, this is so foul. <laughs> it looked like toothpaste would... going back in the tube. God <laughs> damn it. Oh my god! It would look like someone's spitting it back into the tube. That oh. would be the bigger issue, guys. This oh, is that's we nasty. need to oh, that's nasty. we need to get far away from that. I was gonna, I'm, Jesus, I was gonna ask you what kind of what kind of porn you like, Jared, but we already know. I really like feet. So I guess there's that. That's the joke I was gonna make, but you know we went in that direction. Oh my so. god! Wow. Well, if you out need help editing out together, out you're. Out Oh God! Withdraw deposit. Withdraw deposit. <laughs> Damn girl, I need additional funds. <laughs> uh, more Aziz. Um, holy shit! Well, yeah. If you need help uh, putting together your fan-made porn parody of Tenet, uh, contact the good folks over at Room Fifty Six. <laughs> what? Oh wow! What would it be? Uh, Tenet? Last... Was that what it'd be called? Tenet. Ooh. It would. It definitely would. Be it called. wrote Guys, itself. I think. We might need to stop this podcast and get to work on 10 inch because <laughs> we're going to have to make some calls. <laughs> that's a $40 idea right there. We're going to really make some duck, some ducats. Wow. Anyway, last but not least in terms of sponsors, uh, we got to give a shout out to our friends over at Anchor. Here's a quick ad about them. Oh, it's just me well, coding uh, by myself in this ad. <laughs> and that, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Um, Anchor is uh, not only the place that, that you know we utilize to create our podcast, but uh, also the best place to connect with the podcast and either become an Anchor contributor 
or as we call them, anchor wankers, Wanker. or leave us uh, anchor voicemail. Um, so check out the anchor page if you want to check out either of those things. Big shouts out to all of our current anchor wankers. Uh, I don't have to listen in front of me, so I hope I can remember everybody. We have Mike V, Jared B, KCC, Anna S, and uh, Tyler V, as well as the Iron Sheik uh, as our contributors to Anchor. If uh, so, the new the new anchor uh, wanker is the Iron Sheik this month, and uh, we're going to be having a chat in his honor to uh, or during the upcoming live show. So this is October twenty eighth. So Wednesday night in just a few weeks. Put that on your calendar and join us live on the YouTubes. At Jared Buckendall. And uh, I'll be taking a celebratory shot for for not only the Iron Sheik, but uh, any other new wankers that happen to pop up. Wanker. There you go. Big shouts out to all them. If you want to become an anchor wanker, there's a link in the description box to our anchor page where you can do just that. And if you're not an anchor wanker, that's okay too. Just by clicking on these episodes, you're helping us out. Uh, Just share them with friends. Help us grow the audience and, uh, and you'll be doing... You'll be, you'll be doing right by us, which is uh, all we can ask for. So big shouts out to uh, all of our sponsors and especially all of our anchor wankers for Thank helping you. us keep the show up and running and consistently improving. So uh, with that, let's dive in. We've got some movie news to talk about. So let's, uh, let's see what we got this week. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. All right, so it seems like the thing we talked about all summer was uh, movie theaters. When are they going to open? Are we going to get to see Tenet? Blah, blah, blah. And a lot happened over the course of the last few months. And, and as, as anyone no. who listens to this show knows, um, theaters did open. And we've seen everything from classics being offered to some of the smaller VOD movies being offered to some of the, uh, some of the real Christian movies getting their releases. And, of course, Tenet. Um, getting released as well as Mulan. And, and so now that we've seen kind of some of how these things have shaken out um, and how things have progressed with the virus, Regal, which is the uh, the theater that I go to here locally and is one of the bigger nationwide chains, uh, Regal, who is owned by Cineworld, has made the decision to close their movie theaters back up. So... Um, the decision was made, uh, this is going to be taking place today as of the day we're recording the podcast. So Thursday the 8th, all Regal Cinemas uh, stateside are going to be closing up. And it's indefinite. They're not saying when uh, things are going to be closing. And it looks like there's another 127 theaters in the UK that they're closing as well. It's a lot of jobs, 45,000 jobs, according to the Verge Ooh. article that I'm reading. Uh, so it, it's a pretty big deal, um, and it's certainly unfortunate for the folks that, that are working in that field. Um, from, uh, from what The Verge is telling us here, uh, it doesn't sound like AMC or Cinemark are, are making plans to do the same. Sounds like it's just Regal for now. But what we've seen, guys, is that, you know, Tenet came out, didn't make a lot of money. Um, it doesn't sound like a lot of people are taking advantage of the, the classics, and so I think from both a let's be safe during a pandemic standpoint and a money standpoint, Regal has just determined that it's not really worth the risk or the cost to, um, to keep things open. I, I want to get your guys' responses to this. Uh, I know that in your areas, you're going to still have access to theaters. I'll give my thoughts after your guys', but what's your, what's your reaction to Regal locking up? Um, I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, our theater here, which isn't as big of a, a chain or anything, it's more of a midwest um chain um they are reducing hours and days they're open i guess hours are the same as they have been which were already reduced but the days they're open now 
uh, have shortened. So now they're only open on Tuesday, and that's it. No, um, open on <laughs> Tuesday, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, so they're closed uh, Monday, um, Wednesday, Thursday, which bums me out a little bit for the Thursday because I always like seeing the new movies on Thursday, and uh, now I don't get to do that. But so I'm happy they're still playing new movies. Um, but then they're playing a lot of classics now too. So I think, yeah, they're starting to run out of options, which is another big thing too. There's, there's just not a lot of new stuff. And I think theaters can make some money. Like when, when theaters are closed for the most part across the country, there were some local theaters still open and stuff like that. And a lot of mm-hmm. those theaters were playing um, like classics the whole time and not playing it because there wasn't any new movies at all. Um, and so they were still staying open and making some money. So I think some of those smaller theaters will probably stay open no matter what. Um, but yeah, your, your, your chains will start probably coming down soon. I know AMC, that was a rumor and then they denied that they were closing down. There's a rumor that they were going to, maybe they, maybe they, that was more truth and they were just kind of calming it for a little bit to see how things went with Regal. But, um, yeah, I I think we'll start seeing this more and more because, uh, I don't, I don't know how long they can go with not playing anything new. Some of these bigger ones. Mm Mm-hmm. Jared, what do you think of this? Do you do you agree with the call that Regal's making, or or are you just on the side of I'm glad my AMC is still open? No, I mean obviously the first thing, all these people losing their jobs and a potential you know downfall of one of the biggest theater chains is uh, insane to think about and everything like that. Um, from a business standpoint, it's smart, I guess. I mean, I'd be curious to see how much money they are essentially using on just keeping the lights on paying these employees because yeah. you know the movies the the movie theater is probably not making any sort of profit i mean they're making most of their money from the concessions and everything but then you know you're not selling concessions because no one's coming to the movie theater so unfortunately yeah. it sucks for you know out where you're at and a bunch of other people that have uh, regals in their area because you know they're they're shutting down but unfortunately you know this hibernation of sorts is kind of a maybe a smart idea for them because what really is going to draw that big crowd of people sure like you know seth you've gone to the classics quite a bit mm-hmm. and that is you know that's what uh, people are going out and supporting the theaters because they love being there but what's the casual fan going to the movie theater for are they going to the movie theater who, who really knows mm-hmm. um as for the amc thing um you know, when when all of this pandemic started back in what uh, March, April, about that's that's when like AMC ago, was right? kind of what's that? Like three years ago. Yeah, three right? years ago, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. I, I I don't even know what I did yesterday, to be honest. <laughs> um, AMC was in hot water at that point, and now they claim that they will be staying open. Them and Cinemark, and mm-hmm. there was a rumor that I kind of reported on last night and read. Um, there's no hard facts essentially um but they made that weird deal with universal where universal has to put their movies in amc theaters for three weekends which is essentially only 17 days and then they can put them on vod and -hmm. people are claiming and theorizing and whatnot that the reason they made that deal is because then they can do that kind of weird split release where they have the movie in the theaters for a handful of weeks then it goes to vod but part of that VOD, uh, the premium VOD sales, actually go to AMC. That's what Hmm. people are claiming, and that's how they're, they're, I guess, somehow staying open. But it's like, well, if you close, you're still going to get that money, you know? Mm -hmm. 
or well mm-hmm. not necessarily because they'd have to be open to i don't know it, it's weird to think about kind of yeah. where money is coming from right now and something else i just I thought can't. of too sorry and then uh, just real quick something i thought of too with in terms of them closing is i don't i'm assuming that these are franchises right like a lot of like you you have the in terms of the business is like you franchise you you would buy the, the rights to it and start it up the the regal isn't probably going to pay for to keep the lights on for a lot of these places it's going to be more of these it's going to be the people who own these things mm-hmm. right so I, I mean i don't know if that's how it's how it works necessarily with, with fran- like if they are a franchise like how you get a mcdonald's and shit but um if that's the case then it's more of these local people like who own some of these theaters that are hurting more than even regal is yeah i i don't know that regal I just did a quick Google. I can't tell whether or not they're a franchise. It doesn't look like it. Um, okay. I think they're all. Uh, I think they're all run by Regal, which would make sense, right? Um, yeah. If they can close them all, but yeah, in either case, because what I'm looking at, so the the Verge does go into, and I'll link to this in the description box. Um, the Verge does go into some of the numbers, and there's some some of the shit is just staggering, like. Um, Revenue is down 99% for oh. Cinemark, summer over summer. And um, let's see. Cinemark paid $65 million in rent last year. Jesus. And they have no revenue. And that's the thing that's going to drive a lot of these theaters out because the rents for these huge commercial spaces are expensive. And that's a bill that's coming regardless of whether or not you're open. Mm-hmm. So I think... That's going to really be a struggle. And, and I think what Regal is, I think where Regal's trying to position themselves is we're going to close up now and save as much as we can because we don't know how long this is going to go. And it seems like Regal's really waiting for a vaccine. It, it, from the sounds of this article, that's kind of what they're waiting on. And, and then maybe Hollywood will be ready by that time and the theaters can come back out. And I think what well, Regal is potentially betting on is if we can limit expenses during the time between now and then, like there's a real chance and and the verge mentions this in the article there's a point and it's 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 during 2021 where AMC and Cinemark if they continue to operate at their current rate will go bankrupt and i think what regal is attempting to do is say okay we're going to pull all the way off and just see if we can try to extend our time as much as possible to include a vaccine and AMC and Cinemark for whatever reason, maybe they have access to more lending. Maybe uh, they've been able to get breaks on rent for whatever reason. They haven't seen that as a necessary step yet, but it seems like that vaccine time is going to really be what happens. And if it doesn't come quick enough, we could be seeing, you know, buyouts, mergers or, or breakups of some of these really huge chains. Um, And they make up the majority between the, the the major chains. Uh, More than half of the screens in the U S are, are held by those chains. So, It'll be really interesting to see what it does for the landscape. Um, not only Regal's move and, and who else might follow suit, but over time, who survives and doesn't? Because it looks like it's not going to be everybody. Mm-hmm. Talking, I mentioned, I had it in comment, and I've been thinking about this for a while, even before all this. Um, when, I think what's going to happen is if, if it delays out long enough and theaters start closing, like, for good, um, what theaters will end up becoming is your new place. So you pay, instead of $15 a ticket, you pay $30, $40, $50 a ticket to go see a movie. And Mm -hmm. then they'll have, like, all the food and all that shit. So it'll be, like, you know, a a night out, 
but it's going to be like an event to go to a movie. You're not going to see your indies on on the screen anymore. You're going to see your Marvel movies or your war movies or you know stuff like that. And your other stuff, your Oscar stuff, they just they won't be able to afford to play in those theaters. You know that it's going to be like kind of how it was back in the day, <laughs> like your blockbusters versus your you know your smaller movies. It, it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be an event to go. Mm-hmm. People might even get dressed up. No more sweats at the movies. Man, I like wearing sweats. <laughs> um, no, I, Seth, I haven't you... worn underwear to the movie theater in five years. <laughs> well, you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to start, man. Um, that's how it's gonna yeah, be. you bring up a you bring up an interesting point where I could see that that's the way that they go. You know, very much uh, a bunch of theaters do close, therefore making it more limited, therefore making it more of a luxury, essentially. Because um, to, if in your local, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, just say uh, to add to that point it, to because if your local theaters start closing in like your hometown um, or can only play afford to play like your classics for a buck or whatever, or like after the run type thing, like there's going to be more demand. If there's theaters closing, the people who want to go see movies are going to have to drive an hour, you know, Mm -hmm. type of thing. And so that's going to, because there's more demand, that's going to drive the ticket prices up too. So it's just going to be this whole big bubble on these big theaters. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I mean, I I feel like that's a kind of a longer term type thing, but I think short term, Mm -hmm. uh, a good example is I I always mention this. There's three AMCs in my, in my town. I could see at least one or two of them closing up. 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. That'll happen a bunch. Yeah, I anticipate only one theater left here. I There's three in theaters Rapids, here. Yeah. yeah, there's three theaters here right now. Um, and then a couple down in Iowa City. I, I anticipate only there being two. Maybe the indie one stays open. Um, but if you can see those all in VOD, no one's going to go to that. Um, so I could see that staying open. But yeah, I think they'll be between the Iowa City and um, Cedar Rapids, a couple, you know, 30 miles apart, there'll be two theaters as opposed to seven Hmm. you raise a good point Seth about kind of your vision for theaters uh, on a long term basis and I I think you're onto something there I think what what home theater has been able to put together you know people that have you know the crazy nice TVs and the speakers and I've got a pretty nice home theater set up if if movie theaters become less about I need to go to the theater to see this movie and more about I want to have the experience of going to the theater mm-hmm. and that being what they sell now. Mm-hmm. I could see that being being kind of the direction that they want to go and we and we've already seen it with some um you know the Alamo Draft Houses and and yep. Flix Brew House and that kind of thing. I think those will be what survives long term because it's not just about seeing the movie. I can see Mulan at home. I don't need to go to the theater. Mm-hmm. Um I, I could definitely see that in in the longer term and in the shorter term because we've already seen um Tenant didn't do the business that they hoped. You know, it, it, people didn't need to go see Tenant so bad that mm-hmm. they were going to the theater. And other movies, uh, VOD movies, like we saw with Trolls earlier this year, um, the the potential revenue they can generate from at home rentals is there. So mm-hmm. unless you're like us and just trying to have a convenient location to go to to see fucking everything that comes out, um, I think it's going to mean a lot of changes. Uh, certainly on the large, on the the big chain scale. It'll be interesting to see how it affects the smaller mom and pops, which, you know, will struggle, certainly. Um, but I, I almost think that they have potential to survive a little bit more in some cases, because if they can get some movies for cheap and just get people in the door, um, they there's less, it costs them less to do that than it does for Regal to put something in 2,000 screens. So, yeah, it's something that we'll be keeping an eye on, but Regal... 
uh, closed up. So if, if Regal's your only option, you're not going to the movie theaters for a while. And uh, we'll keep you posted as to what developments continue to shake out of that. Also on the movie front this week, a, a little happier news uh, than, than the movie cleaning. Well, depending on who you are, a little happier news. And Jared, I want to go to you for this because you covered it on J-Buck Live. Uh, and I want to make sure that we get the details right on this. We got some potential news and some potential rumors coming out of the camp for the uh, Tom Holland's third Spider-Man movie. A Spider-Man! Yeah. Swing the cranes Yeah, over. swing the queens over. over. Yeah. Um, so... Spider-Man 3, who knows what it's going to be, Homesick, Sweet Home, Sweet Home, something with home in the title. Um, it came out this last week, I believe, that Electro, Jamie Foxx, who played Electro in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, is going to be reprising his role as Electro. Um, in this third Spider-Man movie. Again, there's no news of whether he's going to be the main villain, a side villain, a post credit scene. He's going to be in the movie, though, and they're claiming that he's not going to be blue as well. Um, so this he's not going to be blue? No. He, came, he said that he will be returning, but not <laughs> blue. He's not going to be blue? <laughs> no, that, that's, that pisses me off and is, is important because, well, I'll, I'll let you cover the rest of the story, but... Mm-hmm. The implications of, of how and why they're keeping Jamie Foxx are, are interesting here, and that, that's an important part of that. So, yeah, finish laying everything out, and then that's, that's the first question I'm going to have. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very interested to kind of hear what your guys' thoughts are. But, yeah, that, that uh, news came out that he was cast as the same character. He tweeted out that, hey, I'll be back. Um, not blue, though. Um, I, actually, I think it was uh, Instagram, because he also put up fan art of Electro essentially up in the crowd, uh, clouds with, like, thunder and whatnot, and then three different Spider-Men standing there. There was Miles Morales, there was Tom Holland, and then what appeared to be Andrew Garfield. But then right after posting that, I don't know how long it was up on Instagram, it was deleted. Um, So people are theorizing that, yes, he's going to be in this third Spider-Man movie. This is then opening up the fact or the the idea of Spider-Verse live action, essentially, because he's, you know, he was in the Amazing Spider-Man as the same character now moving over into what is essentially the MCU. And then we'll, we have rumors later that we'll get into uh, about other stuff, too. Well, like, yeah, we let's say, talk about Jamie Foxx right? first. But it kind of adds to it. It even adds more fuel to this, that other rumor, really. It could, like, but I do want to talk about Jamie Foxx first. So here's here's the question that I have. If he's... And, and you've already kind of mentioned it, Jared, the Spider-Verse idea, right? Because mm-hmm. if he's not blue, then my question is, is he actually the same character? Or is this a new iteration of Electro that okay. he is also going to play? See, That's the question that I have. I have two I have two things here with that. Either So either one, it's the same guy, and it's multiple universes, and there's going to be some sort of wormholes and blah, 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 blah. Or two, because Jonah Jameson, mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons, was in the last one as J. Jonah Jameson. Yep. These are parallel, parallel universes of them. That I can get a little bit more behind, but I hate all of this. <laughs> and there's there's one defining line here. If this, if if this would have stood as the story when Sony had control again, great. I'm 100% down. Here we go. It's, it's in the MCU. This is an MCU movie. And this completely takes all of the stuff that they've 
already built with the MCU and just throw in parallel universes. Everything else is built to a point, right? Everything else has been planned, and all of a sudden, and the reason for this is because A, Sony wants to build the Spider-Verse stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But two, because the MCU saw how popular Into the Spider-Verse was, Disney saw this and said, we're doing it first. That's exactly why this shit is happening. It's all super rushed. It's not the way they've done it. And it's so they can make a buck. And and I know Disney's all about making a buck, but this is this is the quickest thing they've done. This is like this is almost like, I, well, I was gonna well I, I mean this is kind of like how they pulled the trigger on Star Wars right away too when they mm-hmm. when they bought it. So, but this is this is the quickest like let's make a buck now that I've seen them do, and it's because their company's hurting because their parks are losing so much money. So they're tr- they're just trying to do everything mm. they can to make money right now. Yep. And this is gonna be bad. I can say it right now. This is gonna suck. It's not gonna. It's 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 gonna be terrible. They're, they're, they have no plan for it. It's it's gonna be bad. Seth, well, you... okay. So let me let me ask you this. Um, so it sounds like your issue isn't necessarily with parallel universes and all that, but more with. That it's a rush job. Is that, is that job, what I'm hearing it, you say? It, it also doesn't just jive with like everything else they've done in the past. Everything else yeah. is so distinct, and that was their own thing, and it just feels crammed in there, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I just don't like it. I don't like any of it. If it was still with Sony, just by itself, they can integrate even the cartoon in there, because that's a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. But... This is just... It's not... None of it smells what like what the MCU has done in the past it just none of it everything just is so planned there's always teases for little things and all that and maybe the tease is jonah jameson and that's it but everything else seems so worked in and they just seem this just seems jammed into the mcu and they're i know they're already trying to scramble after maybe not scramble but i know they're trying to build something after endgame you know but it, it's just i don't know what it, if okay I don't like it so what if you knew and I don't know that we know whether or not this is the case, but what if what if they just picked that actor to play a new Electro, and it's not parallel universes? If if the only news here is Jamie Foxx is cast as Electro in the new movie, and mm-hmm. and we knew for a fact that it's not a parallel universe thing, but they're just reusing the actor, yeah. does that piss you off any less? No, because um, I I was down with J.K. Simmons being the new J. Jonah Jameson again, like he's getting another crack at it. I was down with that. And I'd even be down if we knew for sure, like you said, if we knew for sure that he's a new Electro and he's getting another crack at it. I hated that Electro, but I know Jamie Foxx is an awesome actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same thing with J.K. Simmons. If he gets another crack at it and it's awesome, great, then I'm happy. But with that and then the, also the additional news, it's 100% somehow a parallel universe. Yeah, Um I mean, Seth, the way that you're talking, it's starting to make a lot more sense because it's like, okay, they are hurting. The thing is, this will be instantly, you you tell someone this on a piece of paper or show a poster, it's a over a billion dollar movie because people want to see what the hell is going on with this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, I, I like that, I, I think I like the idea of him just reprising the character and being from that universe more than multiverse. But... There is kind of a lot of evidence for this multiverse because they they claim that WandaVision is going to shake things up. Multiverse right. of Madness is literally multiverse in the name. People have said that there's casting of Evan Peters, who played Quicksilver in X-Men, in WandaVision. 
So yeah, is that a different thing. Quicksilver coming into the mix? That's that's the that's, other thing. I, I hadn't now. heard that yet. But is this and now this is this is me getting on your side, Seth. If this is going to be the way that they crash together all the Marvel stuff that they didn't have access to before, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's a little lazy and a little annoying. Yeah, that just start like over, that, that kind of start new out. with everything rather than I, try to yeah. hand-fist stuff in. That was the other point I was going to make is that this, if this happens where it opens up all these Sony people coming in, they have completely opened up the X-Men coming in there. And not only is it going to, um, I guess, make people upset when they come back, but it's going to make people upset. Like if let's say they recast the X-Men instead of bringing them back in. So if you bring in Sony, right, you bring all these Sony characters, but you don't bring in the original people. You just recast X-Men. People are from that moment on are going to be, where's Deadpool? He needs to be in these movies. You had these other guys in and we need Deadpool. Where's Wolverine? Mm -hmm. Where's Hugh Jackman? He, you had all these other people and where's Hugh Jackman. So if they don't bring in that cast, people are going to get mad. Hmm. Yeah, and it, I to think me, they're screwing this up. I, I don't like it. I think the I think the biggest thing for me is at the end of the day, this seems like fan service. Yeah, it, like the Evan Peters one especially, yes. and and I don't mind it. In you know, if it's if it's for a second and it's quick and it's like, hey, there's a cute joke that we're gonna make, like you know, in the Spider Verse movie where he was doing the Spider Man three dance. I was like, okay, that's cute. Like that's that's a cute joke. Let's move on. But if this is now going to be the basis by which they're building out this whole universe, and it's mm-hmm. completely based around fan, all, all it's based around is a few people went, we really liked Evan Peters as Quicksilver, and he does 10 minutes of screen time between all the movies he's fucking in. Mm-hmm. And now that's going to be the basis by which, and, and all of that nightmare with getting all those actors in and everything, I'm with you, Seth. This seems like a misstep. <laughs> I, I really want to trust the MCU because everything they've done so yeah. far has worked. But this is this is me going. Is this them jumping the shark potentially? Yeah. I uh, maybe. And and Cody, like I, Cody knows I've always defended the MCU. I've always been a huge fan, and I still am. Like I'm gonna see everything they do. I'm just the reason I'm up, and I, I can't even say upset. Of like, there's I'm not mad about it. I, it's like to me, and I I shouldn't even say like Spider-Man three is gonna be bad because there's no track track record of it being bad. But my anticipation is that it's gonna be bad. But anyway, rewinding, like I just the, the reason this is dumb to me and I, I and I feel strongly about it is that they've done such a good job so far and I should trust this decision, but it just all feels in the moment and all feels too fast and money, like way too much money in this. And they, if they just did their own thing, like keep going with the Spider-Man thing, bring in new X-Men and Fantastic Four and all that stuff. Don't even talk about this stuff. That's what you've done to this point with Hulk and all that, you know. So up to up to this point, you've built it all on your own. Don't rely on other shit to make you a quick buck because that's where it's going to be. That's where you're going to ruin it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense. Well, other than money, it doesn't make sense. And, and again, um, everything that I'm kind of saying, not everything, but the Evan Peters thing is a rumor currently. And then also this other thing about, you know, giving this weight uh, or this, you know, giving the the theory of this multiverse even more evidence um, is the fact that today there's another rumor that came out that Daniel or is it Daniel or what's his Dahan? Dane, Dane. Dane, Dahan. Dane Dahan. Yeah, Dane Dahan and Kristen Dunst 
both from the Tobey Maguire and from the Amazing Spider-Man as Mary Jane and the Green Goblin, they are being rumored to also be included in this project in some capacity. Hmm. See, I when I saw that one, my initial reaction was, hell yes, Mary Jane. Um, because I love Kristen Dunst. Like, that was, that hurt... <laughs> This is gross, but it's true, and I'm not embarrassed about it. I, I'm pretty sure I hit puberty the day I saw that scene of her getting rescued in the rain in the alley in the first. Ooh, the water's movie. cold. The water's cold. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, I to this day have a thing for redheads, and I'm almost certain that's why. Um, and the, so I'm all for her coming back, and I love the way in this in Into the Spider Verse how she's this more adult. You know, she's seen it all. She's been through it with Spidey. She's seasoned. I, I kind of like a world where, where Kirsten Dunst plays that character. Um, Dane DeHaan I care less about. Um, but it's because then is it like, is, is she, what's she going to think about the Tom Holland Peter? And as, as dumb as that could be, it could also be really cool. Um, and I thought the way they handled it in, into the Spider-Verse was really cool. But to me, there's, there's like 80% of the possibilities are horrible. And then there's like, 10% that are fine and then there's another 10% that like could be great but it's like seems like a small target to hit like Jared so, what's your level of optimism on this multiverse like is it something that you support or do you like is it a wait and see thing or are you like with Seth where it's like this, this is just gonna be stupid I don't know I mean sometimes it's it's almost like visualizing you know you you have all of these different toys as a kid and you pour them all together mm -hmm. and then someone comes in and they're like why do you have Ninja Turtles in the Batmobile like it doesn't <laughs> add up and and that's why the more I almost talk about it the more I'm like how the hell this like this seems like they had to have had this planned for a long time but I don't think that they have. I think that, like Seth is kind of saying, it's almost a rush job because to interweave all of this without causing any contradictions to any of the other movies, which the MCU has done 99% of the time very, very well. There's a hiccup here or there. Mm -hmm. It just seems like it's so complicated, no pun intended, a, a web, a complicated web, essentially. <laughs> what I'm thinking, <laughs> the only thing I'm thinking is somehow... Spider-Man, the Tom Holland one, goes through like a portal or something, and it's just quick flashes of these characters, therefore mm -hmm. showing that there's multiple universes. That, so, that's the only way that I think it would work, but then again, it's like, why? So, um, I think... I, I do think the Multiverse of Madness and the WandaVision will play into this and give, the, give them an excuse mm -hmm. out of it, essentially, or to do it and then to get out of it once that's all fixed so even that i'm a little bit more like if that's how it plays out i can probably accept that and i still think it's pretty dumb but i can accept it because um, it just basically gives them a big eraser to be like all right that happened mm -hmm. but it didn't yeah yeah it's like um, a limited run of comics and it's like okay now we're done yeah. with it yeah and then you really start getting into the comic books like how crazy and dumb those can get sometimes um but the other thing i just thought of and again why i would have loved um if this was just Sony, but I almost feel like this is going to be how they get Miles Morales into yeah. the MCU. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And my, my thought would be like, if you kept it with Sony, you could have had like Tom Holland, who's, you know, d distance from the MCU at this point, go into 
the Spider Verse, like the, the the that's like that's the cartoon verse or the comic verse or whatever. And then he brings out Miles from that, and he somehow is able to go back and forth, so they can still do animated movies. And I know the guy who does the voice wouldn't fit for what that Miles is, like in terms of the look and all that. Um, mm-hmm. But old. yeah, he's a little too he, old, too old, and yeah, I think he's probably bigger than what Miles seems to be, and yeah. he seems to be he's a small guy. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, I mean, but they could cast someone and get something close, you know, or they can make an excuse mm-hmm. for his voice or whatever. Transfer the universe makes my vocal cords different, but, um, you know, I, I, that could have been cool. You could have continued and had like a really dope Miles be in everything the Sony way. Like they could have done a really cool Sony, like universe movies and cartoons and connected it all mm-hmm. if they would have. If the MCU would have been out of it, I almost would have would prefer at this point with all the drama and shit, um, for for him to just stay there and do like a really awesome universe. But this just is all gonna be so fumbled, and they're gonna again force Miles into the MCU because he makes money. Well, another think- again another thing you got to think about too is you know uh, back when Venom came out, there was a filmed cameo from. Not Spider-Man, but Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And also, Vulture is supposed to be in Mor- Morbius. Yeah, he's in the trailer. So it's like, what the hell is going on over there? Yeah. I think, honestly, I, I think th- there's the obvious implications to the MCU, which I think are all awful. But I think from Sony's standpoint, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because, no, they probably did it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I do think it's their idea. And they ultimately, I think, have control. So they can do it. So if we if we just forget about the MCU and we just look at Sony, I think yeah. this is great because could be they could have this movie and either have Tom Holland like because I think they need to get rid of him because that will sever their tie from the MCU. I, I think that's yeah. maybe a goal of theirs. And so if they either kill him or drag him off the MCU somehow, and there's the Spider-Man universe. That Spider-Man universe that Sony has access to right now is awesome and deep. And if they want to crash together all the different Spider-Men, that's fine with me in that place. And, you know, if if uh, Miles becomes a part of that, great. And if those villains that we've already been aware of are becoming the Sinister Six, that's all great. The, the MCU implications are, are what gets really shitty and annoying. But I think this could be really cool for Sony. Here's, um, my, I got you my right one, now. You got me right now. Okay, tell me. I was going to tell you. how. Here's how they get um, a Tom Holland out of there to satisfy both Sony letting him leave and letting Spider-Man go out of the MCU. Got it right now. The end of this last Spider-Man movie, it's parallel universes, right? Um, he he overcomes, overcomes something huge and, like, saves the day. And, like, he this is like, you've done your, your job, Spider-Man. You can go rest. He goes into a parallel universe where his parents are alive and Tony's still alive. And Robert Downey Jr. makes a quick cameo where he's, like, waving waving him in the universe or whatever hmm. that's hmm. that's how he leaves that'd be cool it'd be cool too if in that if we're writing it if in that universe he's not spider he can't have spider-man powers i think that yeah. would be the other cool thing like he just wants to go be a kid mm-hmm. yep. um, yeah um yeah he sacrifices huge and then he gets his reward by being done that as would Spider-Man. be very spider-man and i would like it it gave me a chill just think about it actually <laughs> um is, that could be very cool. It, it God, is, they could um, go so many different directions. Yeah. Oh now, now that you say that, yeah, I, I can picture it, and it's kind of almost like, yeah, wow, that would be a very heartfelt moment. Um, I'm curious though, in that universe, will Bone Saw be there? <laughs> he will be ready. Dude. Okay, good. 
Fucking bone saw. Oh, if if they're gonna do like some oh, sort he's of. He's dead though. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the thing is it sucks that Macho Man's dead, but if they did some sort of like time heisty thing, it would be a blatant ripoff of Endgame where they went back through the movies and oh, he somehow dude. walked through. That's that would that's the only thing I need from. I would never ask for anything else from a Spider-Man yeah. movie. They're just they're just gonna put him if he's walking through the parallel universe. It's gonna be like heavenly almost, and he's gonna he's gonna be up in a cloud. They're just gonna cut the clip from him in the movie going Bonesaw is Bonesaw. ready. <laughs> just, uh, I've got just you up in the- for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's one of my favorite fucking line. Like any, just the, the reading of "I got you for three minutes." <laughs> the way he reads that is fucking incredible. Did your boyfriend me. give it to you? Oh, man. <laughs> and you could have uh, Bruce Campbell, who I I didn't know until way later that that was, Bruce Campbell is the announcer. Oh, really? Um, yeah, the he announces him as Spider Man. He gives him the name. The Human um, Spider. The Human Spider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, now I gotta go watch the first Toby Toby Spider Man. It's been at least six months since I did that, so I gotta. <laughs> I guess I mean going back to the very beginning of this this conversation, if the Electro is coming back as the main <laughs> villain, it seems a little weird because it's like we just got one, and everyone kind of wants a newer villain that we mm-hmm. haven't really gotten. You know, the Prowler was the villain in Spider Verse that was awesome. Um, yep. Craven the Hunter we haven't seen. We haven't gotten a proper iteration of uh, the chameleon, the the scorpion, See, uh, anything like that. And that's the thing that's kind of the bummer is that they're not going for their own thing. You know, like that that that's what they need to do mm-hmm. with Spider-Man. There's so many great stories that they haven't been able to tell. Hell, they haven't even done like, t- even teased like a Green Goblin or a Doc Ock. Or Norman so Osborn. Just, yeah, like none of that. It's like, mm-hmm. so... There's so many places they're going to go, but this is probably going to be the last Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man movie more than be. likely. So yeah. they're not going to get to do those stories again. <laughs> you know, it's just like... Ugh, and and the thing gross. is, it almost goes back to the thing, too. They're like... And again, I don't know if they specifically said this. We want to cast someone young because essentially it's like you're going to be playing this character for 20 plus years. Yeah. If... Mm-hmm. It, are they I don't know man I, I hope that they keep sticking with him and then you know you get to that phase where he's like the burnt out you know older Spider-Man and stuff like that but who knows what Sony is doing Marvel is doing the the behind the scenes inner workings and business deals essentially I will yeah. say though it's gonna seeing, be tough. seeing that picture of him as uh, Nate Drake um, I have a little more confidence in, in him as, as Nate Drake he actually kind of looked the part is it working for you? that's good at least yeah, yeah, he's he's got great stuff ahead. I, I do think that Spider-Man, he's he's short-lived for Spider-Man. But yeah, I think I, I just don't think Sony knows what it has, and I think there's never gonna not be a Spider-Man movie in production until we're dead. Like yeah. they'll they'll cycle through a bunch of Spider-Mans, they'll cycle through a bunch of actors, they'll go to animated and come out of animated, and it'll just and that makes me so happy. Like um, there's always gonna be Spider-Man, and that's great. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how Sony handles it. But this this transitiony type period. It's very strange because basically it says between this and the DC stuff, every superhero movie that's been made in our lifetimes is related. (laughs) And that's a weird thing to kind of try to come to terms with. And I prefer there to be different iterations. I kind of like that. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Something we'll get to speculate on for a long, long time. Um, So, Jared, we appreciate you uh, covering that for us. Uh, So if you you want to see Jared's points on that from J Buck Live... Uh, you'll have to get the recording of that at Jared Buckendall on the YouTube's. Oh no! Make sure you go uh, check that one out. Uh, Cody, I actually did not cover Spider-Man, so I'm glad that we were able to do it here. 
I ran out oh, of time. Oh, you didn't cover it. Okay. Yeah, I ran out of time. Oh, okay. Well, uh, hit us with your Spidey speculation um, on Twitter or on Facebook at Soko Show Pod. And let us know what you think of all this Spider-Man news, what you think is going to happen, who you think the actors are going to be, who's going to be blue, who's going to be green, maybe. Um, a lot of options. Orange. A lot of options. Orange. Orange. <laughs> the thing is, you know, uh, sticking the shocker, with... shock people. Yeah, sticking with uh, the outfits and stuff of that Tom Holland universe, He, yeah, he's not going to be like a blue. He's probably just going to have a, an electrical suit of some sort. Yeah, they'll science it. Because there's not really... There has to be a reason why he got his powers. And they've done a really good job of giving everyone a reason so far. And so I, I would wager. And that's, if not for the speculation about Dane DeHaan and Kirsten Dunst and, and all that stuff, all the multiverse theories and things, my preference would be that it's they're just taking Jamie Foxx again. And, and it's a whole new character. That, that's what I would hope for. And in that case, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he'll get, he'll get a reasonable explanation for being in the MCU. And I'll still be disappointed that they didn't go with a more original villain or, or a different one than we've seen lately, but um, I'd suspect that, that that's probably not what they're going to do based on what we're hearing, but who knows? <laughs> we'll see. They've surprised us before. All right, so uh, theaters are closing and Spidey is apparently open for business. That's going to do it for uh, movie news this week. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Alrighty, let's jump over to the world of television. Got a couple things to review in the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts a baby in the corner. Alrighty, I'll go quick on a couple of short series that I watched on Netflix over the weekend. Uh, the first is called Song Netflix Limited Series. Uh, short Song series. Exploder is the first one. Uh, Song Exploder is basically like, it's four... Uh, 25 minute, 30 minute documentaries about a single song. Like each episode's a different song. Um, so one episode is about um, uh, Wait For It from Hamilton. And it's, so it's with Lin-Manuel oh, Miranda. Jesus. And they break down, that's why I started watching it. They, they yeah, break down. I know. Um, here's like the different parts of the music. Here's where I drew inspiration from. Here's how it's performed. Here's like how my you know, how the response to it has been. So it's just a real deep dive just on one song. Uh, so I really liked that episode, obviously. But then the other one I really liked was for um, R.E.M.'s uh, Losing My Religion, which is a song I've always really okay. enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, if you're rolling your eyes about the Hamilton thing, this isn't just a Hamilton thing. Um, the Losing My Religion one's really interesting because I've always really liked that song. And to hear from the artists what they meant and then what the audience made it um, and and how they respond to that song since and what their attitudes like 30 years later are about that song specifically um, is really interesting to me. There's um, the fourth episode is a rap song that I wasn't familiar with. Um, and the first the first episode was another song I didn't know. But like if, if you go through the list and you recognize any of the music, I would definitely suggest at least watching those episodes because just to get that that extra little bit more context and information about them um, was super interesting and it's presented in a way that's really cool. And then at the end of the episode, they play the full song for you. It's just how they end the episodes. So it's just a cool thing to like get to listen and hear the stories and 
and get some context and get some like little tidbits like, oh, that noise came from this. Oh, that's a cool fact. And then you get to listen to it and practice. You also get to learn to listen to several different versions of the song. So you listen to like the original demo and then you like maybe just listen to the drum line or then they'll show you, oh, here's how we did the strings. And so that's what this song Exploder really means is they're, they're pulling different parts of the music apart and then addressing them individually. Super cool and interesting. If you're a music lover or if, if you like just one of those individual songs, I would give this a recommend. It's also a super quick watch on Netflix. So I would say check out Song Exploder. And then the second show, uh, it's another quickie watch. I think this was three episodes and it's Explained. So that's the Vox series on Netflix, the quickie documentary series. Um, and they did three episodes on voting. And they talk about the Electoral College. There's an episode about how much does your vote actually matter. Then there's episodes about uh, some of the problems we're having with like voter suppression. And a lot of it is really relevant right now and really interesting. And so if, if you're not already just like fatigued about election stuff and you want to learn more, I will warn you, a lot of it's going to really piss you off because it's a lot of dumb shit that they're explaining to you. But it is interesting and it's good info to know and good info to be able to share with people who also don't have the info. So if you're looking for more election stuff, and it's it's by, it's it's not partisan, so they're not going to like go after Trump or anything like that. It, it's very informational, very down the middle, um, and very like factual. So if you want to hear more about elections, I found it really interesting. The Explained series does really well with everything they do. So I would give that one uh, a recommend as well. So recommendations for me on Song Exploder, and explained the voting series. And you can watch both of those now on Netflix. And for a third show, Jared, will go to you. Uh, this is another Netflix one that I know uh, is highly anticipated yeah. from what I've heard so far. Yeah, yeah. So this one um, is called The Haunting of Bly Manor. Cody, <laughs> oh <my laughs> um, play that scary sounder. Do you still have it? Oh, God. I don't think I do. No, I don't have it. Uh, I can no. play this one. <laughs> you are now you in go. the haunting of Bly Manor review. Blah. <laughs> Blah. Blah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is kind of... I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily say a sequel, but, you know, they did the haunting of Hill House... Uh, about a year and a half ago, I think it was. And this is kind of a follow-up, you know, a different cast, a few returning members and whatnot. But this comes out um, this Friday, so tomorrow. And essentially, it's taking the adaptation of, I think it's like a 102-year-old story, The Turn of the Screw, which actually we got that really bad The Turning movie earlier this year. The Turning? Yeah. (laughs) Same exact story. So if you did see The Turning, you're probably going to turn this on and be like, what? wait, I've, I've already seen this, but they expand upon this and do a way better job than that movie does. So anyways, yeah, this, this, uh, you know, the story is based on that where essentially this woman goes to, uh, become a nanny for these two kids in, a Bly Manor, uh, which is essentially kind of haunted. And there's a bunch of different aspects hitting, um, you know, around the property, around the mansion, all of that stuff. 
Um, performances all around, I very much really enjoyed from this because, like, the first five episodes, I was, like, really enthralled into this kind of the setting of the manor, the characters, their relationships one with one another, kind of the history of the manor when this woman goes there to become a nanny, and you find out backstory of her, the backstory of, you know, the caretakers, the chef, the the groundskeeper, even the kids, and kind of what has happened to their parents. Like, it does a really good job about that. And um, the aesthetic, like, I think this comes from Mike Flanagan, who um, did Dr. Sleep and a few other horror films over the last few years. It is really... They make the house creepy, but also very beautiful at the same time. Like, there's very unsettling shots of, like, hallways um, where it's, like, very symmetrical, but you're, like, looking at something at the very end of the hallway. Um, But another thing that, again, I didn't watch the first uh, uh, Haunting of Hill House, so I don't really know how these two compare, but there is a lot of kind of little things in the background that move. Things that if you blink, you're going to miss, like the changing of a painting or like, again, a a, a creepy little thing in the background where that was almost. And again, I watched this during the daylight. So, you know, maybe it will be creepy for some people, but that was almost the fun part of watching this was like, oh, oh, I caught that. Like that thing in the background moved. And then it obviously plays in later with the season. So if you're into any of that, that's really awesome. However, once it gets to about episode six, it gets very convoluted with some of the storylines along with the pacing where all of a sudden it, it honestly feels like a car just crashed right into a brick wall. And I'm like, whoa, what what are we doing here? Like it slows down so much. Episodes go into people's backgrounds and it tries to do a good job of explaining why certain things are happening but it just i don't know i guess it it felt like they could have maybe done it a different way to really make these nine episodes flow perfectly like it starts the first half loved it then it gets a little rocky but then the last couple episodes very much stick the landing so like overall i really much enjoyed this but i did have a problem with a couple of those episodes so if people do go into that be aware that you know you might essentially hit a roadblock and be like wait i don't want to finish this i would say finish it because you've already put that time commitment in and there are great elements and things that you know that were maybe set up in episode two that pay off in episode seven along with those kind of like little tiny hidden things in the background um hmm. overall again I, I you know i i always say i'm not a horror fan and whatnot but this isn't really entirely scary it's more creepy you know with the little things moving in the background and um there there's a lot of heart in this it's more of a kind of a like a family drama essentially with kind of some creepy elements thrown in there oh man i think you got seth i I think he's gonna have to watch this (laughs) Um, it sounds interesting seth loves being eagle-eyed i know uh haunting of hill house had a lot of that kind of background action Mm -hmm. that got found out later so yeah that sounds like that would be a lot of fun i i really liked dr sleep last year I, i don't think it got Maybe as much love as it as it deserved. Um, I don't know a lot of people that saw it, but uh, I, I didn't realize that Flanagan was the was that same guy. So um, this is interesting. I would I feel like I would need to go back and watch Hill House first, but this does sound intriguing, and, I, and I'm familiar with the story, the turning of the screw. Um, so so maybe it'll be a little bit easier to follow the the stuff that was confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I dig this. A lot of folks were looking forward to it, so I know it's getting watched a ton. So, hey, quick thing. Did you say you did watch The Haunting of Hill House? 
No, I haven't oh, seen okay, it. But okay. I did see a lot of like the YouTube videos and things of people pointing out the, gotcha, the background gotcha. stuff. Yeah, I'd I'd be interested to hear from someone that has seen um the first, you know, Haunting of Hill House and then watches Bly Manor to kind of see how they compare. Or hell, I I should probably just go back and watch uh Haunting of Hill House um just to kind of see what um see how it compares, but also see um what all the hype was. Because I remember people in the office were just like raving about it um after mm-hmm. that weekend. Yeah, it was a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, the sequel is here now. The Haunting of Bly Manor is blah, available on Netflix blah. now. So check that one out. Uh, so recommendations. All three Netflix, all three thumbs up. Song Exploder, Explained, Voting, and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Go check them out on Netflix. That's going to do it for the TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, let's uh, switch back over to movies, and we're going to get into, very excited about this, We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. All right, so we've retooled We Missed the Boat, and uh, so now we've got some points to deal with, and uh, we're going to get a review from Jared in just a second. Uh, Jared, I think I'll hit you with a drum roll in a second, and you can reveal what movie you watched. Um, but your options last week were The Exorcist, which was my movie, uh, MacGruber, I believe, which was Seth's, and then Jared's pick was Whiplash. So out of those three, Jared had to pick, and there are points, there are high stakes, there are points on the line here. So I'm going to hit the drum roll, Jared, and you can reveal what you watched. Here we go. Whiplash. great uh great intro for that you know obviously drums and everything like that um (laughs) you two have seen this correct i have not okay seth has not so you need to help me convince him to watch it tonight okay because i i loved well i guess i don't know what you thought of it okay so obviously you know i'm a big fan of la la land uh, damien chazelle all of that stuff and this is a movie that I constantly keep seeing on people's like top 10 ever like I loved it oh my gosh you need to see Whiplash and I've seen clips here or there you know where uh, J.K. Simmons is like yelling at him you know he's drumming and there's bloody hands and all that stuff Um, I was very conflicted on this movie I watched it last night and I absolutely loved it but at the same time I fucking hated this movie And I think (laughs) it's because of the characters. J.K. Simmons is the most unlikable person ever. And I understand what they're going for in this movie. That essentially torment and all this, like, torment, hard work, abuse creates perfection. Which I have seen in a handful of, even the perfection, you know, that's obviously a horror film in Taken to the Extreme. Mm -hmm. But there's always been this theory that if you are push to the limit and then go a little further you become perfect at something and that's what this journey is and that's what this character is doing to him and i mean i i don't know man again i think it was just the character so like every time he was on screen i was like i hate this movie i absolutely hate Mm -hmm. this and then something would happen and i'm like oh no you know what i i see this i i i get what they're going for but also maybe it's because i like saw a little bit of like myself in miles teller here or there um specifically when he's talking to his girlfriend <laughs> where he's like hey just a heads up uh this isn't gonna work out because of this 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 and then she's like 
well, how do you know that? And I'm like, oh, I know. I know. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. I've crunched the numbers. <laughs> yeah, I've like, I've run this through the algorithm a few times. Um, yeah, I think that overall, I mean, it's it's a great, like, it's structured fantastically. It has some moments that I'm like, holy crap, I did not see that coming. I did not expect that. Like, this movie is, right when it lets you settle into kind of enjoying literally just throws a chair at you um <laughs> yeah i i don't know i almost think that this might be one of those movies that i never watch again because i want to almost savor the experience but also i don't want to go through it again um mm-hmm. it, it yeah again it sounds so weird because i'm like i i'm right i like i'm on both extremes and i don't know where to go i, I like i loved it but i hated it <laughs> This is uh, this is something we've seen. Like I, I said this recently about uh, 1917. I'm pro- probably not going to watch it again. Yeah. Um, and and you're right because what I what I thought Whiplash did really well um, is the tension and the frustration that his that the character is experiencing. You're also experiencing. And to, so to hear that you so hated the J.K. Simmons character. I would wager if you asked Chazelle, he would tell you that's what he wanted. Yeah, and um, and that's exactly like what you're saying is exactly what the character was supposed to be. Like he perfectly mm-hmm. portrayed this character, and then some. Like it, it is such an unlikable character, but that is what it's supposed to be. Yep, and it's it's uncomfortable, and and it's like I haven't so I haven't gone back to watch this either. Um, I've gone back to watch clips on YouTube, which I, I do for all the movies I love. And in, in, there are scenes in this to me, tell me if you thought the same, but I thought like, if you take any one scene, there's a scene where he throws a chair. Um, and it's like brilliant, perfect filmmaking for that scene. Mm -hmm. And, And so like from a mechanical standpoint, like you can see the, the, what Damien Chazelle will become. Uh, I think is like super evident in this. I don't know if you if you thought the same thing when, with some of the more intense scenes of this one. No, it makes sense because again, I I never saw you know kind of one of his beginning films, and this is the one that everyone was kind of raving about and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, well now, okay, I can see how that connects, or like that same kind of structure or shot goes to La La Land or any of his other films where it's like, oh yeah, that's you know he hadn't perfected that part yet, but now he has. Um, but man, yeah, like you're saying, it very much is like this love letter to music and jazz at that time too. Um, well, not the, at that time, but like the drumming is so like it puts you in that almost like seat behind the drum set of mm-hmm. like watching this character go through this this determination of the character and oh man, just the like abusive relationship that they have of. I don't know, maybe it's the fact that, like, I took that relationship between Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons and, like, put it on relationships I have seen from friends and couples or even in myself, and that's why it made me feel icky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some ickiness there. This is, uh... (laughs) Whiplash is, it's an interesting, uh... It's hard to quantify until you've seen it, which is why Seth needs to see it. No! Um, (laughs) The the big... The big news here as it relates to the context or the contest is that Jared's going to get a point uh, for having watched Whiplash. And so you're going to move yourself into the lead with one point. Seth stays uh, scoreless at zero and I'm still at negative one since I missed last week. <laughs> so uh, Jared is our current front runner. And, and for Seth, uh, we need to come up with a list because it is now your turn. Um, I 
struggled here. Uh, I, there's two movies that I'm even now, as I say this, going back and forth between. Yes? Am I allowed to ask Seth a qualifying question? Yeah. Okay. Um, Seth, I'm torn between... Uh, both of my movies are related to it being October, you know, spooky season. Ooh. Spooky. Um, I'm wondering if you're more interested in something that's more of a more of an action thriller type movie or something that's pretty straightforward horror. Action thriller. Okay, that makes the decision for me. Um, so I'm gonna give you uh, for this week a move or for next week uh, a movie that was already on your previous We Missed the Boat list, uh, and I know Jared will echo my recommendation of this one, Overlord. Uh, Ooh, that's, that's one that I was very excited for you to watch and you're not escaping it um, for just by changing the, the, the well you may escape it I guess um, but I, I'm trying not to let you off the hook for Overlord so I'm going to give you that one to watch for this week do you have one Jared? yeah I think I have a few in mind I might have to ask you I, I'm assuming you've seen a couple of these have, okay. you, have you seen Terminator 2 Judgment Day? no really? Oh. I haven't seen the first one either, though. So I'm going to tell you right now that... He won't watch it without having seen the first one. Exactly. Oh, okay. I'm gonna get, okay. Yeah, and yeah, the, the yeah, funny yeah. thing is, yeah, I, I hadn't watched the first one until like 10 years after the second one, and it still made mm-hmm. sense, but no, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, have you seen Memento? No. Throw Ooh, it on there. Throw it on there. Fuck. God, you guys are good at picking for each other. You pick McGru- I knew I didn't have a chance as soon as Seth said McGruber last week. Now the I thing is, I, last night, I, I, w- I knew it wasn't going to be a scary one because it was already already dark. Um, <laughs> if if you if I would have watched the movie in the morning, you might have gotten the lead there, uh, Cody. Hmm. Damn. Well, Overlord feels like a long shot going up against Christopher Nolan. Um, but Seth, you get to pick one for yourself, too. What, what are you putting on your own list this week? So... I'm gonna. I already know I'm seeing this. So I, I was gonna see it last week. I already. I'm going to see this, but I'm not saying that I won't pick this. I'm gonna see this regardless. So this is if I don't have time to watch another one. I'll already. I'll have one in in the can at least. So Exorcist. Um, I'm putting that on my list. Uh, I didn't oh, end up right. seeing it last week. So the cut. The you've version never seen before you or never seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So All right. this is. I know I'm seeing it. I have a ticket. So, but I, I plan to try and watch one of the other ones. That'll count. But so, because I won't get extra points for seeing Exorcist, but because right. um, I'll get two points if I watch one of the others, correct? Uh, you get you get one point no matter what you watch. And then, as but long if as I you see watch one, one of your, if I watch one of your guys's, I get yeah, you get two, two points. No, we get two. Yeah. you still only get one for watching. No, but you lose a point for not watching. That's that's the stakes. Oh, maybe then I'll just watch. But I thought, wasn't it like half points? We had a different rule for it. It was going to be half points, and then we switched it to the two and oh, one. So it would yeah, be that's right. yeah, that's right. That's right. So if you do watch Exorcist, I suppose that's fine. But um, I would strongly I encourage will. you to, uh, we, to watch Overlord. I, I'm, I'm curious if we might have to implement uh, a deal where it's like you can't pick your own movie three times in a row or something like that. Ooh, that's a good one. Not It should be twice in a row. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you did it last time, you can't do it again. So that's what I would say. Yeah. And we could maybe talk. We'll talk off air about this. But I wonder if, if you did want to watch them all. Maybe maybe more points could happen. Um, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. We'll give us some thought off air and, and we'll, we'll catch you guys mm. up next week. But for now, uh, that's going to wrap up. We missed the boat. Seth is leaving with a list that consists of Overlord, Memento and The Exorcist. So come on back next week. Oh, I almost forgot to hit this. You just made the list. 
All right. I come on back next week to see which one of those Seth reviews in We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. All righty, guys. We're just about to the end, uh, but we've got to get through some quick reviews here uh, before we wrap things up. Here we go. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, Seth. So uh, you had a couple movies that you saw over the weekend that Jared had previously reviewed, uh, but wanted to get your quickie thoughts on uh, some stuff that you guys went together and saw over the weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll be real quick on them. Um, first one, we saw Possessor. Jared had mentioned, was it last week? I think it was last week. Um, definitely creepy. Um, a lot of weird shit happened. <laughs> really cool special effects. Um, kind of a... a um, weird story that's going on there um but it was it was definitely interesting um and uh i think fans of horror will definitely enjoy it especially if you like not really jump scare or anything like that but definitely it's got some like fucked up shit happening with the special effects if you're a fan of that stuff and just seeing cool filmmaking in terms of the effects and whatnot um i'd give it a thumbs up for this time of year especially in in october Mm -hmm. can't Um, wait to see this one myself the other one uh, was Kajillionaire. Uh, that's the one with uh, Evan Rachel Wood where she's playing old Dolio. <laughs> <laughs> um, also got Dick Jenkins um, and Deborah Winger who was on The Wrench, um, which I enjoyed that show. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, to, to kind of piggyback on what Jared said, um, old Dolio is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, but it's, it's a, it's a definitely an interesting movie. Um, I, it's got, I, I know Jared had mentioned he saw, he got more out of it the second oh, time yeah. seeing it. Yeah. I, I loved it way more the second time. Yeah. A hmm. uh, lot of, a lot of like interesting, like meanings and callbacks in the, in the, in the, from earlier in the movie. Um, I thought the performances are really awesome. I mean, Evan Rachel Wood completely is a different person. Um, she is old Dolio <laughs> and, <laughs> and. And it's it's fantastic. She's great. Um, I just like her in general. Uh, I've heard on some podcasts and stuff, but um, yeah, uh, it's it, it's a weird one, um, but it's also got some like some heart to it. It's got some kind of emotional moments in it as well, um, and some some good performances. Gina Rodriguez is great. Um, she's in it as well. She's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, it's it's good. Check it out. I guess I'll watch both of these. I was already going to watch Possessor, but um, Kajillionaire, especially to hear that Jared enjoyed it more the second time. Maybe I will check that one out uh, once I can get Old it on Dolia. VOD. <laughs> Old Dolio. That's going to stick around for a while. Seth, uh, can uh, Gina Rodriguez get it? <laughs> she can. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, she definitely can get it. Um, you, know who can't, you know who can't get it is Adam Sandler. <laughs> and <laughs> that is an incredible... Incredible segue on my part. I know I'm one of the best. Um, wow. But uh, the day we recorded this, which was on Wednesday the 7th, uh, Adam Sandler dropped his latest, and it is uh, Hubie Halloween. <laughs> and Jared rushed out immediately to watch this the second it dropped. 
And I have, I'm eagerly anticipating your, your response to Hoobie Halloween. <laughs> he had a Hoobie alarm this morning that went off and he like jumped out of bed like a like a, a <laughs> like one of those cartoons. He like fucking jumped <laughs> and immediately was on his couch and booted up Netflix. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I actually almost, I was like, I, I couldn't sleep last night, so I almost watched it at 2 a.m. You were too excited for Hoobie. I was, I was like, it's Hoobie Halloween day! <laughs> Spooky! It felt like a Hoobie Christmas, yeah, not even a Hoobie Halloween. It was. A happy Hoobie Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Hoobie Halloween. Uh, How do you pronounce it? Do they say? I think it's Hubie. Hubie? Yeah. Okay. Because they always like make Hubie. jokes about pubes. Uh, hey, pubie. Uh, pubie. Boobie. Pubie. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, joke. this this uh, story or movie, uh, Hubie Halloween, Adam Sandler, main character, they throw a mustache on him. He's just talking like, <laughs> you know, like doing his thing. Um, essentially, it takes place in Salem, Massachusetts. It is Halloween. It's, uh, he, this character, Hubie, loves Halloween. And then you essentially find out that there's kind of uh, people missing. There's a murder on the loose, all of that stuff. Um, so kind of your classic Halloween-type movie of there's a mystery, there's Halloween, there's a spooky vibes, all of that stuff. There's a Hubie. Yeah, there's a Hubie, yes. Every, every Halloween movie that has a Hubie, top-notch. Um, <laughs> wait so is this is this rated r then if there's hoobies in it uh are the kids able to see this <laughs> i don't know there was one hubie um that is very evident but then there's a few that are hidden ones so i don't know one hoobie two boobie yeah uh so i was expecting this movie to be trash garbage um and it was the end. <laughs> hit the sounder um i actually like i i had a lot of fun with this movie um i think it's because i was looking for kind of you know a spooky halloween get me in the mood type movie of the spirit the hollow like this season essentially and this movie does that like it's it's all of these people it's like leading up to uh, halloween it's candy it's trick-or-treating it's costumes it's partying it, it's all of that stuff um so it got me in the mood for you know halloween but then also it's all of his same people that you know have been in the grown-ups movies and basically any movie he's done in the last 10 years they're in this movie so like shaquille o'neal maya rudolph tim meadows stone cold steve austin i don't think he is in there unfortunately there's a few that I won't mention because, you know, they're kind of, you know, spoilerific or whatnot. So it's just, it, it was fun because it was seeing all of these people come together and essentially just hang out. Like, you, it almost looked like they were just having a great time filming this movie. And there was another thing that, I, again, maybe I was in the perfect mood for this because I know a lot of people are kind of crapping on this movie. I laughed out loud probably ten times. Um, it was very funny because... They do these bits that are kind of just one off or they and then there's other ones that are reoccurring every time like a certain character is on screen and every single time it killed me. I was laughing. Another thing is you're going to get a lot more out of this if you have seen previous Adam Sandler movies because there's jokes that almost refer to those. And Whoa. I totally got them. Um, Whoa. Yeah, it was weird. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I get what they're doing here. And that's what I think I almost enjoyed the most was like, oh, shit, like that, that is from that movie. And I get it. So I'm like in on the joke with them. Um, 
I'm wondering who is the center of the Adam Sandler verse. It might be, honestly. Oh, it might be. I, like, honestly, I, I will be curious if you two watch this just to kind of see your thoughts. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm um, watching it. Because I, I think a this. lot of people that I've watched their reviews, they're probably not a big Sand- Adam Sandler fan, so they maybe just didn't get that stuff. Um, so that was like one of the fun parts of this because it was like, oh, I'm in on this joke. I'm in, I, like, I get it. I get it. Um, sure, the writing, the plot, like, it's very shallow. Like, you you know what you're getting with this movie, but I had a fun time with it. Like, I was sitting here, and honestly, like, this is probably one of those movies, if you take a recreational, you're going to have a hell of a time with. Nice. Yep. <laughs> That's what yeah. I was thinking. So, I mean, it's it's not going to break the mold. I mean, I gave it like a middle of the road, like, you know, check it out if you want to. It's it's good for Netflix. Um, It's not going to be game changing, but it was a fun time. Like, again, it's it's like, what, 90, I think 100 minutes. So it's not going to be a huge time commitment. But if you do, if you're a fan of Adam Sandler, you're probably going to get a little bit more out of it than just anyone turning on a Halloween movie. This sounds cool to me. I'm interested. Uh, and even if you had said it's trash garbage, but it was funny, I would watch it anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's how hurt and I am for a good Halloween movie. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to check this one. I am a big fandler, so um, <laughs> I think that I may be able to to enjoy those jokes. So yeah, Seth and I are gonna we'll go out and watch this one and report back. The movie is Hubie Halloween. That one's on Netflix. Uh, Kajillionaire and Possessor are in theaters now, so you'll have to get a little more creative to see those. Um, but all three getting recommendations this week in reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, folks. Well, we are just about done with this week's episode. But before we go, you know, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. My one more thing is very quick and very simple. Uh, LeBron James is about to win his fourth NBA title. That game... <laughs> Game five is on Friday night, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. Watch that if you want to see LeBron hoist the trophy for the fourth time. And next week, I will play the shit out of our LeBron James sounder because I'm very much in favor of him winning. Uh, that's it. Lakers in five. <laughs> All right. I'm, are you going to go, Jared? Uh, you can go because I'm still trying to think. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to be quick, too, because Austin M is coming with my subway with DoorDash. Um <laughs> Um, two things. One, got my absentee ballot, got my vote in. Really oh, easy. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people are freaking out, out about screwing it up. You just fill in a bunch of bubbles. <laughs> um, so do that. It's easy. Um, then you sign the envelope and you go to put it in the secrecy envelope. That was pretty fun. Um, but uh, do that. Number two, Jared and I have been playing some Friday the 13th, <laughs> booting that back up. Oh um, my God. So if you want um, want to check that out, go over to his Twitch channel. Uh, we did one, I think, last night. Probably do more in the future. Um, that's been fun. Uh, listen to us scream and uh, get killed by Jason. Um, and I think that's it. That's all I got. Check out Twitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I'm just going to piggyback on that because I don't I don't know much else to say. I don't know. Fall Guys Season 2 tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Fall Guys Season 2 uh, coming out tomorrow. Fuck I'm yeah. sure I'm sure this weekend uh, all of us are going to be playing. I'll probably stream on Twitch. We're going to have a hell of a time going after those uh, wizard outfits and everything like that, I'm sure. Fuck yeah. A lot of good stuff. I uh, I definitely will play Fall Guys with you. 
you could maybe convince me to play Friday the Thirteenth. I think if it was with you guys, I might be less scared. If it's fun, but, man. yeah. If you have, I have a hard it, time with that game. If you have Jared it, it'll I... be fun because it was so much. Like we would meet up and then we would just like try to beat the hell out of Jason. <laughs> yeah, there was one. He was in a bear trap, and Jared and I both had baseball. Yeah, and we bats. were just beating the hell out of him. <laughs> we just took turns. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Didn't work. We yeah, died. No. <laughs> yeah, that's the shit I could get into. Um, <laughs> Friday the 13th check it out on Twitch check out Fall Guys Season 2 JB's also going to be streaming that as well and don't forget to watch LeBron win it all this weekend that's it for one more thing but I'm down to one more, one more thing that's going to do it for episode 164 of the SoCo show we got to get the fuck out of here because I got to get off to it's, it's a play rehearsal is actually what I got to get off for um, but uh, quickie shouts out all of our sponsors. Please link to them and use them if you can. Uh, links to all of our sponsors are in the description box. Big shouts out to all of our anchor wankers. We really appreciate Wanker. your support as well of all of, as all of our listeners in general. We appreciate you clicking on this episode, spending a little time with us each week, and also sharing the show with friends, helping us grow the party out. Um, Jared, we appreciate you joining us yet again. Uh, for folks who are subscribed over to the YouTube at Jared Buckendall. Anything coming up this week they can look forward to? Uh, just jump over to the channel, you know, a uh, Netflix review or two for the rest of the week, and then Sunday, as always, Lovecraft Country uh, recaps. There you go. Check out the YouTubes at Jared Buckendall if you want to check out all that stuff, as well as our upcoming live SoCo show. Our October episode is on Wednesday, October 28th. That is at 8 p.m. Central, 6 Pacific, on the J. Buck Studios YouTube channel. You don't want to miss that. Go make sure that you're subscribed to the channel. Uh, We'd love to see you guys live in the chat on the 28th. That's it for the show this week. A little bit of a quickie version. We're saving you some extra time. As Seth said before, it's voting time, guys. So if you're not registered to vote, do that. Uh, If you are registered and you can get an absentee ballot, do that. And if you've already voted and you can somehow track to make sure... Uh, your vote has been counted. Do that as well. Do all the voting stuff with the extra 20 to 30 minutes that we're leaving you with here and uh, go rock the vote. Uh, <laughs> again, that's it for episode 164 for the bro host, Jared Buckendall, and for the so host, Seth Ott. I've been the co host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.